0: Head a gabbler, from Mr. Punch's Pocket Ibsen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mr. Punch's Pocket Ibsen, by F. Anstey.
1: Head a gabbler, Aunt Julie, read by Bev Stevens.
2: Brack, read by Christine G
3: islet loveburg read by josh kirsch george read by arnaldo machado
4: hedda read by libby gone mrs tia elvstedt
0: read by abai narrated by elizabeth clett act first scene a sitting-room cheerfully decorated in dark colours broad doorway hung with black crape in the wall at back leading to a back drawing-room in which above a sofa in black horsehair hangs a posthumous portrait of the late general gabler on the piano is a handsome pall through the glass panes of the back drawing-room window are seen a dead wall and a cemetery settees sofas chairs etc handsomely upholstered in black bombazine and studded with small round nails bouquets of immortelles and dead grasses are lying everywhere about enter aunt julie a good-natured-looking lady in a smart hat.
1: Well, I declare, if I believe George or Hedda are up yet.
0: Enter George Tessman, humming, stout, careless, spectacled.
1: Ah, my dear boy, I have called before breakfast to inquire how you and Hedda are, after returning late last night from your long honeymoon. Oh, dear me, yes. Am I not your old aunt, and are not these attentions usual in Norway?"
3: Good Lord! Yes, my six months honeymoon has been quite a little travelling scholarship, eh? I have been examining archives. Think of that! Look here, I'm going to write a book all about the domestic interests of the cave dwellers during the deluge. I'm a clever young Norwegian man of letters, eh?
1: Fancy your knowing about that too! Now, dear me, thank heaven!
3: Let me, as a dutiful Norwegian nephew, untie that smart showy hat of yours
0: unties it and pats her under the chin
3: well to be sure you have got yourself really up fancy that
0: he puts the hat on a chair close to table (laughs) it was for hedda's sake
1: to go out walking with her in
0: hedda approaches from the back room she is pallid with cold open steel-gray eyes her hair is not very thick but what there is of it is an agreeable medium brown ah dear hedda She attempts to cuddle her, Hedda shrinking back. Uh, Let me go,
4: do. Looking at Aunt Julie's hat. Tessman, you really must tell the housemaid not to leave her old hat about on the drawing-room chairs. Oh, is it your hat? Sorry, I spoke, I'm sure.
1: Good gracious little Mrs. Hedda, my nice new hat that I bought to go out walking with you in. George patting her on the back.
3: Yes, Hedda he did and the parasol too fancy aunt julia always positively thinks of everything eh
4: you hold your tongue catch me going out walking with your aunt one doesn't do such things
3: isn't she a charming woman such fascinating manners my goodness eh fancy that
1: ah dear george you ought indeed to be happy
0: but brings out a flat package wrapped in newspaper look here my dear boy george opens it
3: what my dear old morning shoes my slippers this is positively too touching do you remember how badly i wanted them all the honeymoon come and just take a look at them you may
4: bother your slippers and your old aunt too
0: aunt julie goes out annoyed followed by george still thanking her warmly for the slippers hedda yawns George comes back and places his old slippers reverently on the table.
4: Why, here comes Mrs. Elvsted. Another early caller. She had irritating hair and went about making a sensation with it. An old flame of yours, I've heard.
0: Enter Mrs. Elvsted. She is pretty and gentle, with copious wavy white-gold hair and round, prominent eyes, and the manner of a frightened rabbit.
5: Oh, please, I'm so perfectly in despair islet Lovborg, you know who was our tutor he's written such a large new book i inspired him oh i know i don't look like it but i did he told me so and good gracious now he's in this dangerous wicked town all alone and he's a reformed character and i'm so frightened about him so as the wife of a sheriff twenty years older than me i came up to look after mr Lovborg. do ask him here then i can meet him you will oh how perfectly lovely of you my husband's so fond of him george go and write an invitation at
0: once do you hear george looks around for his slippers takes them up and goes out
4: now we can talk my little thea do you remember how i used to pull your hair when we met on the stairs and say i would scorch it off seeing people with copious hair always does irritate me
5: goodness yes you were always so playful and friendly and i was so afraid of you i am still and please i've run away from my husband everything around him was distasteful to me and mr loveborg and i were comrades he was dissipated and i got a sort of power over him and he made a real person out of me which i wasn't before you know but oh i do hope i'm real now he talked to me and taught me to think chiefly of him so when mr loveborg came here naturally i came too there was nothing else to do and fancy there is another woman whose shadow still stands between him and me she wanted to shoot him once and so of course he can never forget her i wish i knew her name perhaps it was that red-haired opera singer hedda with cold self-command very
4: likely but nobody does that sort of thing here hush run away now here comes tesman with judge Brack.
0: Mrs. Elvested goes out. George comes in with Judge Brack, who is a short and elastic gentleman, with a round face, carefully brushed hair, and distinguished profile. How awfully funny
4: you do look by daylight, Judge.
2: Brack, holding his hat and dropping his eyeglass. Sincere thanks. Still the same graceful manners, dear little Miss Head—Tessman! I came to invite dear Tessman to a little bachelor party, to celebrate his return from his long honeymoon. It is customary in Scandinavian society. It will be a lively affair. For I am a gay Norwegian dog.
3: Asked out without my wife. Think of that, eh? Huh? Oh dear me, yes, I'll come.
2: By the way, Lovborg is here. He has written a wonderful book, which has made a quite extraordinary sensation. Bless me, yes.
3: Lovborg fancy. Well, I am glad such marvellous gifts and i was so painfully certain he had gone to the bad fancy that huh? but what will become of him now poor fellow huh i am so anxious to know
2: well he may possibly put up for the professorship against you and though you are an uncommonly clever man of letters for a norwegian it's not wholly improbable that he may cut you out
3: but look here good lord george brack that will show an incredible want of consideration for me I've married all my chance of getting that professorship a man like love too who hasn't even been respectable ah one does not do such things as that
2: really you forget we are all realistic and unconventional persons here and i do all kinds of odd things but don't worry yourself he goes out
3: oh i say Hedda, what's to become of your fairyland now we can't have a liveried servant, or give dinner parties, or have a horse for riding. Fancy that.
4: No. We shall really have to set up as fairies in reduced circumstances now.
3: Still, we shall see Aunt Julie every day, and that will be something. And I've got back my old slippers. We shan't be all together without some amusement, eh? Huh?
4: Hedda crosses the floor. Not while I have one thing to amuse myself with at all events. George BEAMING WITH JOY.
3: Oh, have be praise and thank for that. My goodness, so you have. And what may that be, Hedda?
0: Hedda at the doorway, with suppressed scorn.
4: Yes, George. You have the old slippers of the attentive aunt, and I have the horse-pistols of the deceased general.
3: The pistols? Oh, my goodness, what pistols?
4: Hedda, with cold eyes. General Gobbler's pistols. Same which I shot no that's thackeray not ibsen a very different person
0: she goes through the back drawing-room george at doorway shouting after her
3: dearest hedda not those dangerous things Uh, why they have never once been known to shoot straight yet don't have a catapult for my sake have a catapult
0: curtain act second scene the cheerful dark drawing-room it is afternoon hedda stands loading a revolver in the back drawing-room hedda looking out and shouting how do you do judge aims at him
2: mind yourself she fires brack entering what a devil do you usually take pot shots at casual visitors
4: invariably when they come by the back garden it is my unconventional way of intimating that i am at home one does do these things in realistic dramas you know and i was only aiming at the blue sky
2: which accounts for the condition of my hat exhibiting it look here riddled couldn't help myself i am so horribly bored with Tesman.
4: everlastingly to be with a professional person
2: our excellent testman is certainly a bit of a bore looks searchingly at her what on earth made you marry him
4: tired of dancing my dear that's all and then i use testman to take me home from parties and we saw this villa, and I said I liked it, and so did he, and so we found some common ground, and here we are, do you see? And I loathe Tesman, and I don't even like the villa now, and I do feel the want of an entertaining companion so.
2: Try me, just a kind of three-cornered arrangement that I like. Let me be the third person in the compartment, the tried friend, and, generally speaking, cock of the walk. I cannot resist your polished way
4: of putting things. We will conclude a triple alliance. But hush, here comes Tesman. Enter George with a number of books under his arm.
3: Puff, I am hot, Hedda. I've been looking into Lovborg's new book. Wonderfully thoughtful, confound him. But I must go and dress for your party, Judge.
4: He goes out. I wish I could get Tesman to take to politics, Judge. Couldn't he be a cabinet minister or something?
0: hmm a short pause both look at one another without speaking enter george in evening dress with gloves
3: it is afternoon and your party is half past seven but i like to dress early fancy that and i am expecting love borg
0: eilert love comes in from the hall he is worn and pale with red patches on his cheekbones and wears a perfectly elegant new visiting suit and black gloves
3: welcome
0: introduces him to brack
3: listen i have got your new book but i haven't read it through yet you needn't it's rubbish
0: takes a packet of manuscript out
6: this isn't it's in three parts the first about the civilizing forces of the future the second about the future of the civilizing forces and the third about the forces of the future civilization i thought i'd read you a little of it this evening
2: awfully nice of you but there is a little party this evening so sorry you can't stop won't you come too
4: no he must stop and read it to me and mrs Elvsted instead
3: it would never have occurred to me to think of such clever things are you going to oppose me for professorship huh no i shall only triumph over you in the popular judgment that's all oh is that all fancy let us go into the back drawing-room and drink cold punch thanks but i am a reformed character
6: and have renounced cold punch it is poison
0: George and Brack go into the back room and drink punch, whilst Hedda shows Loveborg a photograph album in the front.
6: Hedda Gabler? How could you throw yourself away like this? Oh, is that the Ortler Group? Beautiful! Have you forgotten how we used to sit on the settee together behind an illustrated paper and, yes, very picturesque peaks? I told you all about how I had been on the loose?
4: Now, none of that here. These are the Dolomites. Yes, I remember— it was a beautiful fascinating norwegian intimacy but it's all over now see we spent the night at this little mountain village tesman and i
6: did you indeed do you remember that delicious moment when you threatened to shoot me down i do
4: did i i have done that to so many people but now all that is past and you have found the loveliest consolation in dear good little mrs elvstead ah oh, here she is
0: enter mrs Elvstead.
4: now thea sit down and drink up a good glass of cold punch mr loveborg is going to have some if you don't mr loveborg george and the judge will think you are afraid of taking too much if you once begin
5: oh please hedda when i've inspired mr loveborg so good gracious don't make him drink cold punch you see
4: mr loveborg Our dear little friend can't trust you.
6: So that is my comrade's faith in me. I'll show her if I'm to be trusted or not.
0: He drinks a glass of punch.
6: Now I'll go to the judge's party. I'll have another glass first. Your health, Thea. So you came up to spy on me, eh? I'll drink the sheriff's health. Everybody's health.
0: He tries to get more punch. Hedda stopping him. No
4: more now. You are going to a party, remember?
0: george and Tessman come in from the back room
6: don't be angry thea i was fallen for a moment now i'm up again
0: mrs elvsted beams with delight
6: Judge, i'll come to your party as you are so pressing and i'll read george my manuscript all the evening i'll do all in my power to make that party go no fancy there will
3: be amusing
4: there go away you wild rollicking creatures but
5: mr loveborg must be back at ten to take dear thea home oh goodness yes mr loveborg i shan't go away till you do
0: the three men go out laughing merrily the act drop is lowered for a minute when it is raised it is seven a m and mrs elvsted and hedda are discovered sitting up with rugs around them
5: seven in the morning and mr loveborg not here to take me home yet what can he be doing <sighs>
4: reading to tesman with vine leaves in his hair
5: i suppose
4: perhaps he has gotten to the third part
5: oh do you really think so hedda oh if i could but hope he was doing that
4: you silly little ninny i should like to scorch your hair off go to bed
0: mrs elvsted goes enter george
3: i'm a little late eh but we made such a night of it fancy it was most amusing edgler read this book to me think of that astonishing book oh we really had great fun i wish i'd written it pity he's so irreclaimable
4: i suppose you mean he has more of the courage of life than most people
3: good lord he had the courage to get more drunk than most people but altogether it was what you might almost call a bacchanalian orgy we finished up by going to have early coffee with some of these jolly chaps and poor old lowberg dropped his precious manuscript in the mud and i picked it up and here it is fancy if anything were to happen to it he never could write it again wouldn't it be said don't tell anyone about it
0: he leaves the packet of manuscript on a chair and rushes out hedda hides the packet as brack enters
2: another early call you see my party was such a singularly animated soiree that i haven't undressed all night oh it was the liveliest affair conceivable and like a true norwegian host i tracked lorborg home and it is only my duty as a friend of the house and cock of the walk to take the first opportunity of telling you that he finished up the evening by coming to mail loggerheads with a red-haired opera singer and being taken off to the police station you mustn't have him here any more remember a little triple alliance hedda her smile fading
4: away you certainly are a dangerous person but you must not get a
2: hold over me what an idea but i might i am an insinuating dog good morning goes out
0: loveborg bursting in confused and excited
6: i suppose you've heard where i have been
0: i heard you had a very jolly party at judge brax Mrs. Elvsted comes
6: in. It's all over. I don't mean to do any more work. I've no use for a companion now, Thea. Go home to your sheriff.
5: Never. I want to be with you when your book comes out.
6: It won't come out. I've torn it up.
0: Mrs. Elvsted rushes out, wringing her hands.
6: Mrs. Tessman, I told her a lie, but no matter. I haven't torn my book up. I've done worse. I've taken it about to several parties, and it's been through a police row with me now i've lost it even if i found it again it wouldn't be the same not to me i am a norwegian literary man and peculiar so i must make an end of it altogether
4: quite so but look here you must do it beautifully i don't insist on your putting vine leaves in your hair but do it beautifully fetch his pistol see here is one of general gobbler's pistols do it with that thanks he takes
0: the pistol and goes out through the hall door as soon as he is gone hedda brings out the manuscript and puts it on the fire whispering to herself as curtain falls act third scene the same room but it being evening darker than ever the crape curtains are drawn a servant with black ribbons in her cap and red eyes comes in and lights the gas quietly and carefully chords are heard on the piano in the back drawing-room presently hedda comes in and looks out into the darkness a short pause enter george tesman
3: i am so uneasy about poor loveborg fancy he's not at home mrs elstead told me he has been here early this morning so i suppose you gave him back his manuscript huh?
0: hedda cold and immovable supported by armchair no i put it on the fire instead
3: on the fire loveborg's huh. wonderful new book that he read to me at the brax party when we had that wild reverie last night? Fancy that! But I say, Hedda, isn't that rather, um, too bad? You know, really? A great work like that? How on earth did you come to think of it?
0: Hedda, suppressing an almost imperceptible smile.
4: Well, dear George, you gave me a tolerably strong hint.
3: Me? Well, to be sure, that is a joke. Why? i only said that i envied him for writing such a book and it would put me entirely in the shade if it came out and if anything was to happen to it i would never forgive myself as poor Lovborg's gonna write it all over again and so we must take the greatest care of it and then i left it on a chair and went away that was all and you went and burned the book all up bless me who would have expected that
4: nobody you dear simple old soul but I did it for your sake. It was love,
0: George. George, in an outburst between doubt and joy.
3: Hedda, you don't mean that. Your love takes such queer form sometimes. Yes, but yes. Why, you must be fond of me. Just think of that now. Well, you are fond, Hedda. Look here. I must just run and tell the housemaid that. She will enjoy the joke too, huh?
0: Hedda, coldly, in self-command
4: it is surely not necessary even for a clever norwegian man of letters in a realistic social drama to make quite such a fool of himself as all that
3: no that's true too perhaps we'd better keep it quiet i thought i must tell aunt julie it will make her so happy to hear that you burnt a manuscript on my account and besides i should like to ask her whether that's a usual thing with young wives
0: looks uneasy and pensive again
3: poor old edgler's manuscript oh lord you know well well
0: mrs elvsted comes
5: in oh please i'm so uneasy about dear mr loveborg something has happened to him i'm sure
2: judge brack comes in from
0: the hall with a new hat in his hand you
2: have guessed it first time something has oh dear good gracious what
5: is it something distressing i'm certain of it
2: That depends on how one takes it. he has shot himself, and it's in a hospital now. That's all
3: that's sad, eh, uh, poor old Lolborg. Well, I am cut up to hear that fancy though, eh uh?
4: was it through the temple or through the breast? The breast well, one can do it beautifully through the breast, too. You know as an advanced woman, I like an act of that sort. "'It's so positive to have the courage to settle the account with himself.
5: "'It's beautiful, really.' "'Oh, Hedda, what an odd way to look at it. "'But never mind poor dear Mr. Loveborg now. "'What we've got to do is to see if we can't put his wonderful manuscript "'that he said he had torn to pieces together again.' "'Takes a bundle of small pages out of the pocket of her mantle. "'There are the loose scraps he dictated it to me from.' i hit them on the chance of some such emergency and if dear mr Tesman and i were to put our heads together i do think something might come of it
3: fancy i will dedicate my life or all i can spare of it to the task i seem to feel i owe him some slight amends perhaps no use crying over spilled milk ah huh? mrs Elvsted? said we'll sit down just you and i in the back drawing-room and see if you can inspire me as you did him eh huh?
5: oh goodness yes i should like it
0: if it only might be possible george and mrs elvstead go into the back drawing-room and become absorbed in eager conversation hedda sits in a chair in the front room
4: and a little later brack
0: crosses over to her
4: oh judge what a relief to know that everything including loveborg's pistol went off so well in the breast isn't there a veil of unintentional beauty in that? Such an act of voluntary courage, too. Hmm. Perhaps there, Mrs. Hedda. But wasn't it sweet of him? To have the courage to live his own life after his own fashion, to break away from the banquet of life so early and so drunk. A beautiful act like that does appeal to a superior woman's imagination.
2: Sorry to shatter your poetical illusions, little Mrs. Hedda. "'But, as a matter of fact, our lamented friend met his end under other circumstances. "'The shot did not strike him in the breasts, but—'
4: "'General Gobbler's pistols! I might have known it. Did they ever shoot straight? Where was he hit, then?'
2: "'A little lower down.'
4: "'Oh, how disgusting! How vulgar! How ridiculous! Like everything else about me!'
2: "'Yes, we're realistic types of human nature, and all that—' "'But a trifle squalid, perhaps? "'And why did you give Lovborg your pistol "'when it was certain to be traced by the police? "'For a charming, cold-blooded woman, "'with a clear head and no scruples, "'wasn't it just a little foolish?' "'Perhaps. "'But I wanted him to do it beautifully, "'and he didn't. "'Oh,
4: (laughs) I just admitted that I did give him the pistol. "'How annoyingly unwise of me.
2: "'Now I'm in your power, I suppose.' "'Precisely!' for some reason it's not easily to understand but it's inevitable and you know how you dread anything approaching scandal and your past proceedings show that
0: to george and mrs elvsted who come in together from the back room
2: well how are you getting on with the reconstruction of paul lovborg's great work
3: eh we've made out the first two parts already and really hedda i do believe mrs elvsted is inspiring me i begin to feel it coming Don't fancy that
5: yes goodness hedda won't it be lovely if i can i mean to try so hard do you dear
4: silly little rabbit and while you are trying i will go back into the drawing-room and lie down
0: she goes into the back room and draws the curtains short pause suddenly she is heard playing the bogeyman within on the piano
3: but there is hedda don't play the boogeyman this evening as one of my aunts is dead and poor old loveborg has shot himself it seems just a little pointed huh
0: hedda puts her head out between the curtains
4: all right i'll be quieter after this i'm going to practice with the late general gobbler's pistol
0: closes the curtains again george gets behind the stove judge brack under the table and elvsted under the sofa a shot is heard within George, behind the stove.
3: Oh, look here, I'll tell you what, she's hit me, think of that.
0: His legs are visibly agitated for a short time. Another shot is heard. Mrs. Elvsted, under the sofa.
5: Oh, please, not me. Oh, goodness, now I can't inspire anybody any more. Oh.
0: Her feet, which can be seen under the valance, quiver a little and then are suddenly still. Brack vivaciously
2: from under the table, I say, Mrs. Hedda, I am coming in every evening. We will have great fun here to get another shot is heard. Bless me, to bring down the poor old cock of the walk. It's unsportsmanlike people don't do such things as that. The tablecloth is violently agitated for a
0: minute, and presently the curtain's open, and Hedda appears. I've been trying in there to shoot myself beautifully but with General Gobbler's pistol. She lifts the tablecloth, then looks behind the stove and under the sofa.
4: What? The accounts of all those everlasting bores settled. Then my suicide becomes unnecessary. Yes, I feel the courage of life once more.
0: She goes into the back room and plays the funeral march of a marionette as the curtain falls. End of Hedda Gabler